My name is Ram Reyes, and I'm one your co-host. And then my name is Paulina Rodriguez. And today we have a very special guest, uh, Francis Echeverra, uh, host of Hilarious, Hilarious Humanitarians. It's very hard to say. But, and uh, radio host and professor. Or professor? Are you a professor? Yeah, well, I'm, a, I'm an adjunct, adjunct lecturer. Lecturer mm-hmm. at Fresno State. Also therapist. Yeah, you're our first. Welcome to. Uh, also, you're our fair, very first uh, mental health professional. <laughs> I yeah. like it. Okay. Because we've always said, like, on our prescription, sometimes we have mental health professionals. That we sometimes. Well, <laughs> this is the first. Sometimes now you got one today, but disclaimer is that um, no one listening is actually my client. So yep, nobody. Can't come after yeah, you me. can't. Yeah, this is. We always say that too. Just like, well, this podcast is just us talking about. Yeah, a chat. A chat about mental health and, you know, please don't take this as medical advice. You know, seek a professional. Seek your therapist. We call that CYA in the field. What is, what that? is that? Cover your ass. Oh. <laughs> yep. Sorry, we didn't have the conversation about cussing. Oh, time. no. Cut. No, we This is a very, we have the E on Apple <laughs> okay. Podcasts. So okay, there you go. You can say yeah. anything on here. Okay. Yeah. That's actually bad sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So how are we all feeling? We oh, need yeah. To start. We're not allowed to say, like, I'm good or I'm okay. Oh, that sounds like a, a group um, therapy kind of tactic we use. Oh, um, really? I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling <laughs> very. Uh, I say I'll say that. Uh, I'll expand. I'm feeling content. I'm feeling a little sore. I'm feeling grateful. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling very impressed and included as I walk in here. A little nervous. Mm-hmm. You're nervous. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> we're <absolutely>. nervous. <laughs> you have no idea how nervous I am right now. <laughs> You'll, you'll pick up on it. Like, I'm playing with my earring already. Mm. I'm like... You can yeah. fidget with this. I tell people that, like, are nervous. Oh. You just, like, play with that. Oh, nice. And but it's then like it makes, soothing. like, sounds. Though. But it's, nah, like, great. It's, it's great ambiance oh, for I the like audience. It. You're like, yeah, you're exactly like, like you're here. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> just made a mess. It's no, okay. It's, we, we are messy. We're messy here. But, yeah, you did the Spartan run yesterday? Yeah, yeah. So it's been a, a year-long thing. Um, just to, to give some background, I um, Spartan races are like obstacle course, long-distance long events that are three different distances. Mm-hmm. And um, they challenge you physically and mentally. And um, this last year, my fr- two of my friends and I decided to do if you do a trifecta, that's all three distances. So like one a sprint is three to five miles typically. Um, a super is like eight to 10 and then a beast is always over 12. And then, so like yesterday's was a beast and it had wow. 33 obstacles in it too. Wow. Everything from like, I can't do the rope climbs, but, uh, to like carrying heavy things, long distances and, um, stuff like that. So anyway, I just did my ninth one of the year with my friends yesterday wow. and yeah, Yikes. I'm a little, I'm a little tender, a little sore today, but <laughs> I feel really good because the group that I do it with, um, it's a, a couple that I've, I've been friends with him for a long time. He's lost like 120, 130 pounds Whoa, in the last five dope. years. Yeah. And they are, they, he's old. He's 47. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So we finished yesterday and feeling really good about it. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling around? Well, you already know. I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, no, it's Skiffy. I, <laughs> I listened to the podcast and I know you're a radio host. And I was like, 
I'm nothing. No, stop. I'm, I'm like, wait, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Meanwhile, I'm like, I have to ask you questions about how to do the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little bit. Yeah, on this pod, we like to be transparent. And right now, I'm like, I'm just a little nervous. But his face once, is all red. Like, my, my hands are all sweaty. I don't know what to do with my hands. I was like, oh, uh, but. Yeah, I'm good. I think once... Oh, you said it. You said good. <laughs> yeah. Once I'm like into the pod, this always yeah. happens. I mentioned this every time on the pod where I'm like, everything before the podcast, I'm like, oh, I got to get everything correct. I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, once I'm in the podcast, I'm like, okay, now it's time to just shut up and listen to yeah. what everyone else is saying. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of chill because of each time we do... Oh, uh, I don't know if we mentioned this in the podcast where we do a routine each time we... Before we do this podcast, like... Mm-hmm. What do you call it? You bless us. <laughs> I call it Pavlov's conditioning. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, there's like the Palo Santo. I whenever I smell that, I'm like, oh, we're gonna do the podcast now because we did it from the very first episode. Oh, it's super calming when you walk in here. I'm really impressed, actually. Yeah, like, and that's why Pauline is very important because she kind of like sets the space. I set up the technical stuff, and she uh-huh. sets up the spiritual side. I've of never things. been. I've never been smudged before. No. No, never. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Get smudged every. Every pod. It's interesting because, like, when I do it, sometimes, like, I'll, like, I can feel the nervousness, like, especially, like, uh-huh. for him. A lot of times when I do it, like, I can feel it all right here. Uh-huh. Like, just nervousness or just, like, whatever yeah. you're carrying, which is weird. I feel it in my bag. One one time you d- she did it and, like, she went right, like, the smoke went in my back. I'm like, well, what is this? So what am I feeling right now? <laughs> oh, there's so much interesting research on that, too, for mental yeah. health. Yeah. Spirituality yeah. and all that. How are you feeling, Paulina? I'm feeling really amazing today. I think today, yeah, it's a beautiful day. And I had like an interview before this oh, for nice. like with a guy and he wanted me to be like on his album, like as the interludes. And it was like a very interesting conversation. Like he was like, people do it in like 15 minutes, like the questions. And we spent like an hour and a half just like talking. That's a testament to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's why <laughs> but, she was late. Was that, yeah, you were late? <laughs> kind of, but oh, it was okay. like, it was a really cool conversation. Mm. Yeah. Those. Yeah. All right. Oh, you want to ask that one question? Oh yeah. Why did you agree <laughs> to be on this <laughs> I don't know. Something just told me to do it. I don't know. Yeah, I literally yeah. slid in her DMs. I'm like, hi, I'm from Boys Do Cry. Do you want to be on this podcast? Well, first of all, I really like the name of your podcast. Oh, yeah. Because I was actually having this conversation. I have this conversation all the time about um, like toxic mas- uh, toxic masculinity mm. and how we set men up to be, um, we set them up for failure in a lot of ways in terms of dealing with emotions. And one of my, uh, one of my first things when I went into mental health is I didn't want to work with men. Um, to be perfectly honest, cause it made me uncomfortable. And, uh, mm-hmm. I ended up working in this particular situation in a rehab where it was probably 80 to 90% men. And I was like, okay, universe, I get what you're saying. <laughs> and then, and so that was, it was the name to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest. And when we were messaging back and forth, getting prepared for this, I didn't really know who I was talking to. I know oh. I didn't. And I'll be honest. I didn't do a ton of research. I was like, if they are crazy, then I'm going to have to, <laughs> if they get me on some like, <laughs> sort of thing where they're going to be using sound bites and make me sound terrible. I'm oh. going to be completely unprepared, but I just have a good feeling about it. And so, yeah, that's yeah. why I agreed. You just, you're walking in this blind. I I'm totally like, was. You had some credibility though, because of where you're, where you record and stuff. So I figured you couldn't. Oh, oh yeah. That's why I said we should stay here. Cause it's like, Oh a yeah. Good, it's like, like a, central place. Yeah. Yeah. Central place. Yeah. yeah. But, and we're all like, we're both journalists too. So. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're all both, it. both journalism majors. I'm at state and she's at city. city. Okay. Going to transfer yeah. soon, but. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks for being on. No problem. I know. Like, so, and the lesson there, kids, is just 
Slide into DMs. No. So the <laughs> no, reason why, well, no, but seriously, the, so the reason how I met, well, we'll talk about the podcast that I was doing for a while. It's mm-hmm. on a little bit of a break right now, but I was, I totally, I think slid into Deanna's DMs. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and a lot of my friends and people and like some of my best friends are people that started out as listeners calling me on the request line. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you never know who you might cross paths with. Mm-hmm. Um, you can weed out the weirdos pretty quickly, though, based on their opening lines. But, yeah. yeah. When I was writing, I was like, all right, how do I become as professional as I can be on <laughs> on Instagram? But also at the same time, it's kind of like one of those memes where like, that's like professional me. <laughs> like yeah. the real me is like, well, I'm a mess. Can, and well, can when you find that website that tells you how to do all those things, please send it my way because <laughs> I still need it. I'll yeah. make it. I'll make it one day. So what was your what has been like? kind of like what got you into mental health like your experience going into the field and stuff like your journey so to be perfectly honest um i didn't ever have any plans to do it uh, a co-worker of mine at the radio station started grad school about a semester ahead of me mm-hmm. and i was like oh that sounds cool and at the time, they weren't requiring students to take the GRE because, to be perfectly honest, I probably wouldn't have applied for grad school mm-hmm. if I had to take the GRE because I hate. What uh, is the GRE? A graduate readiness exam. Oh, I think is what it's okay. Uh, see, I don't even know the name of it. Um, <laughs> and it's like, I guess it's like your SATs, like you're going to get tested on math and stuff. And I was like, no way. So I applied totally on a whim, and I was actually pregnant with my oldest at the time. And I don't know, it's just a calling and a whim. And sometimes I've made really huge life decisions on like just something's told me do it. Mm, and so, yeah. yeah. So um, I applied while I was pregnant with my oldest. And, um, and in fact, interesting story is at the time I was going uh, to a therapist who helped me with some stuff, my first therapist in my experience in adulthood. Mm. And she uh, told me that, Basically, I was being selfish, and that was a bad idea, given the fact I was about to get birth. And then I um, found a new therapist. And, <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. I was like, "All right, our work here is done." Um, and uh, and then I just got into it. I had to take like nine units of prereqs. So mm-hmm. right after I had my daughter, I went, and it was great too because one of the prereqs was um, was life. Uh, lifespan development, I think, mm-hmm. was one of the first ones, which was great for me to understand, like from a parenting perspective, what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then it just took off from there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We were going to ask how was your experience in therapy? And you had how many, th- like, okay, you had one. So I had a brief, like, one or one session, two sessions, maybe when I was in, um, like, a teenager and it didn't, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the therapist very much. Um, and then I got into therapy once I was out on my own mm-hmm. uh, and I had health insurance cause, um, I was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. yeah. Um, and I, uh, like I admitted how it all kicked off was I admitted to my, um, my primary care physician that I had a, a terrible, um, well, I had a really bad case of bulimia. Mm-hmm. which was basically covering up depression and anxiety that was years long, like goes back mm-hmm. to like childhood. And so yep. that's how I got into it. And that therapist was really helpful in helping me heal that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was like, I needed another one. So I have a therapist now. Yeah. I actually uh, met her as a couple, couples therapy <laughs> with my um, kid's dad. I got to keep her in the divorce. <laughs> and I see her. Well, I didn't know that, yeah. was, that, that was a thing. I was like, whoa. Well, we only went to a few sessions together. Oh, okay. So I stayed. I was like, her. I get the therapist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd have I'd, I'd argued for that. Um, 
But I stayed with her, and she's been great because working in the field is super important. Mm-hmm. And then just yeah. life in general. I was going to say, like, I, I actually asked my therapist. I was like, do you go to a therapist? Because I feel like I can't see you anymore if you don't see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not going to give you a lot of advice here, but if your therapist does not go to a therapist, then you need a different therapist. My therapist told me she goes to a therapist. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it makes sense because you can't take on so many things uh-huh. and not need someone as well. Yeah. Anybody who tells me they don't need therapy is usually the red flag that they absolutely need therapy. <laughs> yeah. It's like a lot of my friends are kind of like, I just want you to go there. Just do one. Yeah. And like, I'm not it. Like, yeah. You can't be their therapist. You can't I know, be but therapist. I, I try not to be. And I was like, just listen to my podcast. And then if you don't, <laughs> like, I'm not going to do my emotional labor on you right now. Right. Exactly. It's <laughs> you're too much work. Sorry. It's like, I want to help, but I can't right now. Boundaries. So yep. what is um your experience like on the other side now? Like you've been to therapy and then seeing like as a therapist? Yeah. Um, well, I love it. I also balance it though. I don't do, I mean, I do work like, I don't know if you'd call it full-time hours cause it's not 40 hours a week, but I mean, I make the majority of my money in, in a therapeutic setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. I believe in this. I believe in growth. I believe in, um, that people can learn how to be well-adjusted. I personally hate the word happy mm-hmm. because happy is tied to moments in time and circumstances. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, Brene Brown talks about this. She's oh, one I of my, her. yes. Yes. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> the vulnerability yes. Ted talk changed my life. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, she talks about how happiness is fleeting and everybody talks about happy. Like I want to be happy and most people tie it to money. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be joyful and grateful, you can be going through good times or bad times. So I try and focus on being joyful and grateful. And I feel like, um, through my practice as a as a therapist, I'm I'm trying to teach people that. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes I mean I don't I don't keep numbers or anything, but sometimes you're kind of disappointed or wish people would be further along, but you can't work harder than them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I find it really fulfilling. I find it like this was like a calling or mm-hmm. something that takes all my pain and stuff that has happened and the growth that I feel like I've had because my I, my life would be on a very different track if I wouldn't have pursued my own mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I can be an example of like, it's not easy. It's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's messy and you're just holding on. You have no idea what you're doing, but you can still be joyful and grateful and feel good. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're a LMFT, yeah. right? Yeah. Licensed marriage and family therapist. Yeah. What's the difference between the other ones? <laughs> I, so, I'm not really sure. Yeah. There's a lot of overlap. So um, license, marriage and family therapists work within the constructs of like, of relationships. Mm-hmm. And really though, if you think about like life is all about relationships, mm-hmm. whether you have good ones, bad ones or none. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of work within that um setting. Psychologists and again, this is like a rough overview and I'm just mm-hmm. hopefully don't mess it up. Psychologists can do therapy and stuff, but they focus more on like the individual person. They can do testing and things oh, like okay. that. So that's why we have like school psychologists mm-hmm. um who can do testing for kids to get them on IEPs and things. And then there's Licensed clinical social workers. Mm, that's that what Deanna is. Mm-hmm. So licensed means that you've done the testing on the state level or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a degree in those areas and not be uh, fully capable of practicing it. Mm-hmm. So um, licensed clinical social workers or social workers are, they, they, they are trained on how to create resources and there's, some of that's outside my range. Um, mm-hmm. But they know how to make like connections and help people yeah. in like a larger community and hook mm-hmm. them up with so- resources and things. Yeah. Cause uh, so. 
a part of this, a part of the goal of this pod is kind of like to demystify therapy for right. people because they're like, well, I don't want to go, or like they they're kind of scared, yeah, to even go. But like, can you like kind of break down, like for example, you have a new client, what? What typically happens? What happens? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, really quick. One thing I want to throw in too is that in California, they've changed some things. So now, and then statewide, there's like LPCCs, which are clinical counselors. <laughs> it gets really confusing. Yeah. Um, but so, like, when I have a new, if you're looking for mental health, there are lots of places. Psychology Today is great um, because you can look up people in your community and what yeah. areas they specialize in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just asking around. A yeah. lot of times people um, are afraid to ask, but yeah. Um, Actually, we have a resource that we link. Okay. On, like open collect. I, I found my therapist through Psychology Today, and it was her quote. It just said, "What you seek is seeking you," and I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> "Yeah, right, exactly." <laughs> she got yeah, me got with the s- quote. <laughs> yeah, and I do want to like just do like kind of a, a recognition of the um, Fresno Family Counseling Center, which is tied. It's a lot of the students from well, every student from Fresno State in the MFT program or whatever the new name of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to practice there. So you can get therapy from students that are learning Mm -hmm. and it's, um, and they're at various levels and they're learning, um, but they are supervised and by licensed therapists. And um, it provides a great resource for the community for low income sliding scale, sometimes free. So when a, when I have a new client, first things first, like you got to explain to them confidentiality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody has confidentiality, including children, which sometimes pisses the parents off because I'm not going to like work with a kid and then report to you (laughs) um, what's happening, all of it. Um, But I'd explain that. And then we just try and identify like goals. Like how do you want to be feeling? What, what would feeling good look like? Mm -hmm. Um, And then try and tap into resources. What have you tried? What, Mm -hmm. what hasn't worked? What has worked? And so it's just a conversation. That's how I approach it. Yeah. I really want to like also talk about like how usually people will say it gets worse before it gets better. Like when people walk into therapy, they think like, oh, I'm just going to feel great. In like a few months, I'm going to be fixed. No, and I yeah. think that's a really no. big like misconception and what makes people stop going. Because yeah. my mom at some point, she was like, why are you even going? Like you just come back and you're crying. Like you're worse. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, can you explain that for people? Yeah. So we all have coping skills and whether they're good or bad depends on the person. But mm-hmm. um, and now maybe not good or bad is the way to put it, but healthy or uh, maladaptive coping skills mm-hmm. is, is maybe a better way to look at it. And when you have therapy, you're really looking and dissecting that stuff. And you have one, you have to be ready. Sometimes people come in, they're just not ready to do the work because mm-hmm. you have to look yeah. at changing things. Yeah. Um, for me, it was really hard because I had to address some of the relationships that I had and, and growing up and stuff and family. And and it's still like I'm still working through that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not yeah. saying you have to go to therapy for like ever, Forever. but the work is never done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exa- I, I tell that to my therapist, too. Or like sometimes I'm like recently I've just been like thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life. Because I'm personally I'm like recently diagnosed bipolar, too. OK. And that's really new to me. But like it's a. I, it's something I identify with. I'm like, oh, finally, right. I diagnosis that makes right. sense. But like now, to, now I'm realizing like, uh, I have to keep working on this. Yeah. Like you have to keep doing it. So the way I explain that though is um, if you want to be healthy, mm-hmm. okay, if we think of physical health, um, you don't just achieve an ideal weight or size or whatever. And that's a whole nother topic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you're done. Mm-hmm. Like you have to do preventative care. You have to do things to, you have to exercise. You have to think about every time you put food in your mouth, is this 
you know, good for me, right? Mm-hmm. You have to get enough sleep. You have to drink enough water. You have to avoid things that cause like cancer. You, you know, the, all of these things, it's a constant choice every day. And we like to fool ourselves into thinking that mental health is somehow different. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's a yeah. constant choice every single day. You have to evaluate yeah. what you're doing on a regular basis. Now, does that mean you have to sit and be critical and, you know, um, always be in that mode? No, but you have to have it in your head that, it's never done because mm-hmm. relationships yeah. change, circumstances yeah. change, your health changes and you have to address it. So you're right. It never, it's never over. And it does get harder because you're like digging up like old shit mm-hmm. and yeah. you got to process it. And then one thing I tell people is that if you have a visceral physiological reaction to something, mm-hmm. you're not done with it. Mm. You are not done. Mm, really? I, huh. I think it's really interesting, like, just, like, how I view, like, my experience. It's, like, I might feel really good, and I'll have, like, a breakthrough and all. But then it's, like, a part of me then feels comfortable enough to bring up all the other stuff. Yes, you have to feel, oh, that just gave me chills. Yeah. That totally gave me chills, by the way. And it kind (laughs) of, like, makes you feel like you've gone, like, like a million steps backwards. Like, you're, like, I'm back to square one. But Mm -hmm. it's, like, uh, like, explaining that to people that that means you're healing on a deeper level. Yeah, um, they talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody that's taken basic, um, I guess, psychology. Mm-hmm. And and they talk about at the bottom is like the basic stuff, right? Like food, shelter, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and as you establish those things, you get further up, you can start to address, you start to feel physically safe so that you mm-hmm. can feel emotionally safe and start to yeah. address some of these things. So like for instance, where I've seen that lately is when people are starting to question maybe um, viewpoints on, like their their spiritual orientations, their sexual orientations, their gender orientations, you know, where they've established that they can be safe enough down here at the bottom of the hierarchy mm-hmm. to then work on some of those bigger, yeah, bigger questions, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it gets it's like it's it's a layer, it's another layer, and you go that much deeper, and you're like, oh my god, does it ever end? And is it painful? Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I, w- I want to experience ex- explain this is that if you think of a color spectrum, you can think of things in black white. A lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Think of things black, white, and gray. Or you can think of the full color spectrum. spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to get to all the pretty colors, you have to deal with all the ugly colors. Or the, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or yeah. the pretty, that makes the, sense. the light and the dark. Mm. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. I thought of it as like a wound and it's like someone stabbed you and it's like infected, right? And there's pus and you kind of like lose feeling of that leg. Mm-hmm. And then slowly like you start treating it and it feels like it hurts a lot, right? Yeah. And it's like you get to the tissue like. Mm-hmm. Little by little, you keep getting like deeper and deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, my first counselor, that was actually at psych services down the hall. He was like, "Well, you have this one wound, and you think it's like really big right now, because but once as your life progresses, it's still gonna be there, but it's not as gonna be as big. Yeah. It's not gonna be as it won't affect you as much as before, but it's still there. So yeah. you know. Or if you but, think about like a, a terrible wound, right? Like something like, and by the way, the reason why I didn't ever get into like medicine is because this grosses me out. But like <laughs> if you think about somebody who has like gangrene or something, yeah. you have to dig out the, the yeah. tissue, right? Yeah. Like you have to get it all out. And like when you're, you know, or you're scrubbing that out and getting it all, it hurts. But the way for it to be really be able to heal without mm-hmm. something popping up later mm-hmm. is to get it really clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, here's a signature boys question. Uh, what's your astrology <laughs> astrology sign? Um, Aries. Oh, you're but an I Aries. I guess I'm like on the, on the cusp, cusp of, of like Pisces and Aries. I or? guess March 26th. Oh, I don't know. I know a few mm. friends like that. Okay, because uh, a lot of our listeners 
we ask that every time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're so like we're we're putting a compilation of all of our guests and their signs. So do you, do you guys believe in that? I have a friend who's. I mean, I have, I work with someone who's a therapist, and she's she's okay. What's your? She knows all of it. She's super really? into it. But I don't know. I don't know how we got into it. This but is I the year got, of astrology. Yeah, I got. Okay. I think I'm in a phase, but that's because I'm a Gemini. Uh, <laughs> I kind of believe she's in a it, Scorpio. but I think like I don't know. You got to be accountable for your own life. Oh right. yeah, of course. Absolutely. But like, yeah. Hey, sometimes the moon affects everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like, I think of Aries, and Aries is like really stubborn, right, and yeah. fire and determined. I'm like, oh, check, check, check. Oh. oh, you should know your moon sign too. We'll, I don't know what that means. Well, well, yeah. Okay. We'll teach you. That'll be a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> An We're astrology, astrology podcast. podcast. Um, but what is your personal approach to therapy, like as a therapist? Um. So I have a very different style, I think, and it doesn't work for everybody. Um, I think that, well, we're, we're taught in grad school and stuff that 30% basically of your success as a therapist is based on your ability to build rapport with people. Mm -hmm. I think if I had to pick, um, a strategy is that like, I've, I've, I've written, um, I've gone down the road that I'm asking my clients to do. Mm. So like I've done the work. I'm not done. I'm nowhere near done. I'm very honest and candid with them. Mm -hmm. um, not too much self-disclosure, but for some, like that's a really, it, it makes them think like it's not a power differential. Yeah. We're more like, real. Them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the the success that I've had with clients is that they know I'm real. They know like that I've struggled and that, um, it doesn't all work out great, but you can still have like amazing, grateful, joyful moments. Yeah. I do every day. But then like at the same time, like some days I like I had a really great day the other day. And then I got like three things back to back to back where I was just like, I'm done. Like I'm done. I'm, over. <laughs> I'm so over everything. And um, but I think that's my connection is just I, I don't know. I don't know if it's from radio mm -hmm. because radio, you create relationships with people that feel one sided too, right. Like they feel like. Like listeners feel like they know me, mm -hmm. we connect. Um, and I feel like therapy has a lot of the same mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. So it's just weird. Yeah. I was going to ask like yeah. what it's like being like a public figure. Yeah. Do your clients know, recognize you? <laughs> Some. Yeah. Um, I don't get like, I, I feel like an ambassador to mental health because I do radio. Mm -hmm. I've used over the, the course of this, cause I started grad school, I think in 2008. Mm hmm. Um, and I was just became more and more honest about like my, my struggles and stuff, especially doing morning radio, uh, morning radio, because, um, you share more of your personality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so public, it's weird. I feel like I have two personas, like I call it my performance monkey mode <laughs> and me mode. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so there's this struggle of like, I think people expect certain things out of me. I'm very introverted, but I know how to turn it on. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and I love it. I'm still like stuck in, are you sure you like me? Like, <laughs> do you know, you're cause I, I do, I get people that are like, Oh my God, hi or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm like, like looking around like me, you know, mm -hmm. but it, I'm very humbled by it and I love it. Um, but it's this weird dance. I think a lot of it goes back to like just being an awkward kid. Mm -hmm. Um, just wanted attention. Yeah. Wow. It's the same. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I used to be very awkward. Now I can get attention. Now I don't know if it's real or not. I'm like, now I'm still awkward, but yeah. I just have attention. Yeah. Like you have attention or like, 
Do you ever feel like when you you kind of do things, kind of just perform to get attention from people? But I'm like, uh, like I feel like I I would be nothing if I don't perform, right? Mm. Like I have like that fear of like if I just stop doing all these things I'm doing, if I stop doing the podcast, if I stop posting on Instagram, yeah. am I enough? Am I am I yeah? Am I enough? Like, ooh, I just listened to an Oprah podcast about that, about really? being emotionally filled. Yeah, I think she lost her career or something, and then she had that conversation of like. Being able to be at peace with yourself, even uh-huh. if you don't have all these things. Right. Like the fame and all this attention like, yeah. gives you like a false sense of security, is, uh-huh. that, is what she said. Yeah. Like, But like being able to know that you're enough without any of this. Yeah. Like yeah. I try to remind myself like all this is nice and like no matter where it goes, like it's really nice for people to hear. Yeah. But like being able to be content with myself if nothing existed, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, that question. Well, I struggled with that too. Cause so our podcast is on like on a break, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause life, you yeah. know, we were doing that as a labor of love mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm letting people down. Like, I don't know, you know, am, are they going to, am I less credible? Am I mm-hmm. this, that? I mean, it all, it, it all was going that way. Um, but it, yeah, I'm very like, am, are people going to want to be around me if I don't do this, this and this, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. are people liking me for like the hookup in terms of, you know, they're in radio, like sometimes we get free stuff or whatnot, or, you know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes yeah. people, I, I call myself a collectible friend mm-hmm. and I've had, it mean, it's like, do they want to be friends with me because of this or mm-hmm. do they want to be friends with me because of me? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I experience on a very small level, yeah. so I can't imagine like people that are really famous. I know. <laughs> like even you said like you were nervous cause she's uh, skippy right in the morning. Yeah, you're and like, like my perspective now in life is like, we're all people. Yeah. And it's like we all have these different titles, but at the end of the day, like we're still just people. Yeah. yeah. But it's still I couldn't help it. I was just like, yeah. Well, your your audience is way bigger than ours. Or but yeah. still and like I was like, uh also I felt awkward even like you said, like a collectible friend. I'm like like, oh, does she think that I'm just doing this because she's famous? Well, a part of that is because you're well, yeah. bigger than us, but like, you're also someone who understands what we're doing. Like you have a perspective that nobody else does. Yeah. So I don't want you to think that we're just doing no, this to no, get like. But that's the reality of it though, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, that's the reality. It's different though if you're like talking to people because you want to network mm-hmm. and not use. Like the vibe yeah. in here does not feel um, like it's, it, is the word exploitative? Exploitative? I don't Whatever know. Yeah, I don't want to exploit I always mess anybody. those words up. <laughs> yeah, I don't but know. But I have, I mean, I've legit passed on people asking me to do things mm-hmm. like this because I'm like, no, mm-mm, no, mm-hmm. I don't want my name attached to that. I don't mm-hmm. want to be involved in that like feeling. Like we talked about like, energy, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm just like, nope, like no hard feelings, whatever. Yeah. Um, But I mean, I get it though. That's yeah. That's like, trying to network. Yeah, like going into, it, I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I was like, <laughs> I just to be real, I just wanted to have like conversation right now, like this. Yeah, because yeah, you have the experience, and we know you have the experience. You're like one of the few people who are open about it. Yeah, and I just uh, want to help people. Like, and that's not coming when we talked about like identity and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that because I'm like a raging codependent who needs to feel important. <laughs> um, maybe at one point I was, but. Um, I think if we don't have these conversations and we don't bring them to light, then we just continue to be stuck in our own shit. Mm-hmm. And people are unhappy trying to find coping skills like, you know, through drugs and alcohol or yeah. um, especially like hookup culture and now and relationships can be so superficial. And uh, it's rough. Oh, it's God. rough out there. Oh, <laughs> dude, I've been married twice. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember? Uh, so, um, but like, you know, that and people struggling with with mental health issues and then mental health issues being 
like, um, oh gosh, turned into some sort of commodity and like yeah. the misuse of words to describe thing. It just, oh, so we can have this conversation. And, and honestly, if it just connects with like two people, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Actually, I wanted to ask you because you're a podcast host and you have an audience. And I kind of had this fear when the when this podcast started growing. And I was like, I have like this sense of responsibility now uh-huh. to my audience. Like, yeah. I may say some things that are wrong, like flat right. out wrong. And I'm like, I hope that doesn't harm anybody. Like, how do you deal with that feeling? It's like, uh, it's bound, you know, like understanding boundaries and like, that's why we do the disclaimer. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then also like, I think it's important to recognize that um, not all approaches work for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn about responsibility in terms of as a therapist, like I remember my first client I worked with that relapsed and I was like, and I was thinking, Oh, I didn't, didn't fulfill my duty. Yeah. Uh, And I had to recognize that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, I also had to recognize in terms of um, like as a therapist, if they don't engage and they don't do the work that I'm asking them to do. When we talk about therapy, by the way, people do come in and they Mm -hmm. act like, well, I'm going to pay good money to see you and you're going to fix me. I will use the analogy of like, if you're um, going to a personal trainer and you go to the personal trainer and you're like, make me fit. (laughs) And you only go to, yeah, you only go to the personal trainer once a week, once every two weeks and you do nothing in between. (laughs) He might, he or she might make you feel good in that moment. You get a good workout, you get motivated, but it's not doing anything for your ultimate goals. Yeah. yeah, So Oh, that makes sense. Way. I never saw that as like a personal trainer analogy. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. I mean, and I use a lot of the fitness stuff because that's just something I'm interested in. Yeah. So how do you like establish boundaries like for yourself? Because I think in like these helping professions, like you can get burnt out. Oh, just yeah. listening to one of your episodes, it was like compassion fatigue and burnout. Yeah. How do you like have those boundaries? Like even though you're, you're like there to help those people, like you know, you can only do so much and like trying not to take on their problems, Mm -hmm. I would say is like one of the biggest questions. I think it's important to have a a support group of peers that you can go to and process with. Um, Mm -hmm. That's also why I have a therapist. But to be honest, I don't talk to my therapist about my feelings that come up with clients too much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I work with an amazing psychiatrist. So I can process with him just a few minutes here and he'll come Mm -hmm. in and he'll see I'm angry and we'll talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that happen recently with a teenage client, something she had said that had happened to her. And I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I was so angry because as this is where like boundaries, right? Like as a mother, mm-hmm. I was mad. Uh, I see some of myself in her, which makes that hard. Mm-hmm. So to be able to process that outside, like not take my stuff and throw that mm-hmm. on her, mm-hmm. that's like transference, counter transference, keeping that in check. Um, mm-hmm. So I talk about it with, people in an appropriate way so as to not disclose things. But, um, so I have, I work with a couple therapists. I have, um, a friend from grad school that will talk about that stuff. So it's important to have people who understand, mm-hmm. um, what you're dealing with. I also like to, in terms of boundaries for me, physical boundaries are important in that I work in an office where I don't make phone calls to people. They do not have my phone number. I do not text with clients. Some people do because of scheduling or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, they may find me online be- and that's where it gets a little tricky because I have the radio persona so that they can mm-hmm. follow that. But then mm-hmm. I don't discuss like treatment stuff. Mm-hmm. P- 
people from the radio do sometimes hit me up and want resources. And I always preface it by like, look, I'm just hooking you up with resources. I'm glad mm. you feel comfortable mm. asking me, but go do this over here. And that's where oh. it's kind of like just holding a space and being helpful. And then like, I can't do it. And I've told people before, like, I can't, can't do this. Oh. So why is that important? Because I think some people, when they go to therapists, they're like, they're so like impersonal. They, they're like put off by that. Right. And like I said, I think different people have different um, expectations and different mm -hmm. things they're comfortable with. I know some clients don't work f with me well because they don't like the amount of like personal or, or just personality maybe mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. And some of that I get from doing radio. Um, so the question again was that if they feel too impersonal. Yeah. Like why is it important to have like those very strict boundaries um, where you say you don't give out your phone number, you don't do all these. Yeah. Things? So it's just for my own peace of mind to be perfectly, mm -hmm. I don't, there are people that are in private practice that have a little more um, just like constant engagement mm -hmm. for me. Ooh. It's just the way that I, I, I don't like that. Oh, actually I don't like it when you could text your therapist. Cause I'm like, I don't yeah. want that. I could text mine, but I, I was fine with it. Right. I hate that. I it would just be like, depends. Yeah. It it just depends on, I mean, I text with my therapist just for scheduling. Mm -hmm. She's mm -hmm. running late. I'm running late, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that was mine too. I need an appointment, that kind of thing. But, um, and you learn boundaries as you go along, yeah. but really it's for your own sanity. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. want to say boundaries when you talk about it, aren't boundaries aren't just for therapeutic relationships. Boundaries are for every yeah. single relationship yeah. you have. That's the biggest lesson I've learned these past two years. I was like, I had no boundaries, and that's why I felt like shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, so that, uh, well or you for, have too uh, too many, right? Like rigid yeah. boundaries. Yeah. Mine yeah. was just like I would do everything for everybody, and not or I would people. always be like the therapist friend, mm -hmm. and I was like, all my thoughts are consumed by other everybody right. else's problems. This isn't good. Yeah. Yeah. Or mine is like I had no boundaries, and I was. And then I was pissed when people had boundaries. I was like, well, I don't have any, so right. why should you? <laughs> like, exactly. And and I've had to learn that. Um, and with boundaries, like there's some great resources out there. Um, you can just Google healthy boundaries <laughs> <laughs> and you will see how unhealthy. But we're taught that, right? We're, we're, um, we're programmed now that boundaries are, oh, God, one of the worst. Oh, I hate when parents say my kid's my best friend. My Ooh, that's. Weird. Oh God, it makes me sick. <laughs> I get what they're saying. I get what they're saying. Your child can look at you as their best friend. I hope my kids come to me with whatever they, you know, they feel comfortable with. When they mm -hmm. get to dating age, they can ask me those questions. But I should not ever be going to my children for relationship advice, mm -hmm. for make me feel better because of this. Like mm -hmm. that's where boundaries come in place. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And so these are the things we have to learn because we are, we live in a society that is rampant with boundary violations, reality television being one of the worst people posting everything on social media, the way it is like, we have to think about, you know, just, Oh my God, it's like overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, I think you don't follow me on Insta. <laughs> Well, <laughs> maybe he changed it to oversharing online. Well, yeah, look, <laughs> no, I overshare different things. I overshare well, my feelings. Well, and you know what, though? But I think, though, in some cases, that may be a positive thing, especially if we're working against yeah. the paradigm of masculinity and how it's shut down people. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why I do it, kind of. It's just like, well, I'm a man. I this is not what men usually do. Mm -hmm. And as so a man, like, you have a responsibility yeah. to push back against that. 
Yeah. You know, I've, I've been really like interested in the conversations that are happening socially and politically in terms of privilege and where you are um, required to not just be, well, I'm okay. I don't do that. But to actively work against dismantling some of those things. Yeah. So I haven't followed your oversharing site. <laughs> oh, well, that's just my personal Instagram. And what? it's just. Oversharing. Don't, yeah, like... don't, I recommend nobody follow it. Because <laughs> yeah. it's. I get annoying on it. Honestly, she knows. I get and then annoying. And he has a, a private Twitter for all his sad tweets. Uh, no, actually, the private Twitter is just for my. For the persona I hate that I don't want showing. Oh, I don't know. But, my Twitter. But see, and I think though sometimes that that can be like an interesting way to process things. Yeah. Mm. Because um, there is a book I read. It's by Pedro. Oh gosh, what's her name? Pedro Ch- uh, Chodron. Is I think it is. when things fall apart? I haven't read that Ooh. one. It was the places that scare you, which oh, is my the second read part. That one. And she talks about how we need to, in order to know our light, we need to know our dark mm-hmm. and humor is a great way to play with getting to know your dark. Um, but we need to recognize and validate those feelings. Cause if you don't, you're just shoving them down more. Yeah. yeah. I've learned that the hard way. Where so when like, you, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go, yeah. You go ahead. No, no, no I was going to say, what I was going to say, I was going to say something. Oh yeah. No, with like, in talking about like power and privilege as a man, like I've had this, well, it mixed with like my mental health where I'm like, well, I'm a man and I shouldn't participate in the conversation. In this, in this, not even conversation. I went further away where I'm like, I was like, well, I should just like die pretty much. Cause like, I don't want to participate in this. Cause okay, I'm like, yeah, I see what you're saying. cause I'm, I'm a man. I don't want to contribute anything. Cause I can yeah. still do wrong. And like, well, fuck. Yeah. But my, my female friends that I've consulted, I'm like, well, that's the easy way out, obviously. But like, or you could be a well as a man, you could fight against that, and you right. would do more good in the long run uh, instead of being gone. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, okay. guess I won't kill myself. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! I, I love how you felt like you had to say "just kidding" afterwards. That's like a really big statement, and you're like, "just kidding," but yeah. it's real, right? It's real. I yeah. had a I have a friend who we we hike a lot together, and when you're out in the forest for like eight ten hours. Um, you talk about, well, if you have a good partner, you, that's not me. Sorry. All buzzing. Um, we talk about random things. We go in and out of conversations and whatnot. And he gets all mad when I tell him he's a feminist. <laughs> Cause that's like the new bad F word, right? Uh, Look, no. like anybody who is just trying to have equality is yeah, technically you're, a you're feminist. Right. It doesn't mean I'm like a raging, angry woman that wants to like have nothing to do with men. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying equality, right? Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, yeah. I'll tell him like, I'm like, oh my God, you're such a feminist. He's like, I am not. Like, <laughs> manly, manly, whatever, right? And I'll go, wait a second. So you tell me that you, uh, you hug and tell your 20 year old son, you love him every night. Oh, that's dope. And yeah. And you talk about feelings and, and the profession he works in, people open up to him a lot and they, and he is this epitome of like masculinity, right? Like mm-hmm. suave, um, like good looking dude, you know, can talk smooth. Yeah. And he gets these like people, especially men to talk to him mm-hmm. about emotions and he, wow. he challenges them. I go, you're doing like, you're doing feminist work <laughs> on, like, on like a, what did I tell him? I'm like, you're like a rebel. Like you're like infiltrating <laughs> patriarchy. And he goes, and so I had to use terminology that would kind of like buy him in. Right. But it's true because he's yeah. doing the exact opposite of what society is telling him to do. And mm. that is talking about feelings, opening mm. up, 
saying, you know, you're sad or hurt or I love you or I'm proud of you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny. Well, that was the title originally because. What was it? Well, for our boys to cry, uh-huh. it's like, well, the boys in our boys is like gender neutral. That's yeah. why the Z is yeah. in there. But <laughs> the I still, boys. part yeah. of myself was like, I still want this platform for men to talk. And we have, we've had men on the pod before. Actually, we're going to do a masculinity pod soon where we have, I'm going to gather our, oh, that'd be great. our ma- male guests because masculinity is in a state of decay. <laughs> it's in shambles right now. Well, you I know, mean, it was a shambles to be. <laughs> sometimes you can build, you have to build it up. You have to yeah, and we, we, up. I kind of want to talk to other men. I'm like, yeah. all right, well, what are we doing wrong? What are we, well, that, just kind of like yeah, self-reflection. Yeah. Of like, yeah. like, well, okay. And then obviously. Because it hurts you guys as well. Yeah. You guys like create the system, but then you imprison yourselves as right. well, which is wild to me. Right, yeah. but, but you don't know any better because it's perpetuated. Mm-hmm. There's a great documentary on Netflix called "The Mask You uh, Live In." The mask you live in it. It's it's free or what? You know, I mean, it's on Netflix, mm-hmm. and it talks about that. It talks about it in terms of um, in the rates that men are imprisoned. It talks about it in terms of uh, mentoring sports. Mm-hmm. Right. I got so angry the other day because I saw something. It was a it was a feminist podcast. Uh, a, a feminist. Instagram that pointed out, it showed um, a man on the sidelines. He was an African-American football player and he was, uh, it looked like he was crying. Mm -hmm. And there was a white football player that was kind of consoling him, just hand on the back, like it's okay, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And one of these barstool sports or one of these, (laughs) that's what they're called. Yeah, barstool sports, yeah. Was like, what the fuck? Like calling him out for being like a crybaby. Yeah, I remember that when that happened. And it was like, boys do have feelings. Yeah, they cry. You know, step back from your, your clearly. And when I talk about like um, having a physiolo- physiological response, mm. step back from your discomfort right now. Mm. Uh, you're not going to be gay <laughs> yeah. for having feelings. Okay? Yeah. Because that's mm. like one of the things. I called someone out yesterday for using that phrase um, mm. on my page as an mm. insult. I was like, what, is, what year is this? Mm. Anyway. Um, yeah. Here's someone who has dedicated their life to being the best. To mm. being like the best at their thing. And he is disappointed for some reason in performance of the team. Wouldn't you want, and and in the light of things going on culturally right now, yeah. in terms of um, conversations about race, what a beautiful moment that someone cared enough to be upset that it wasn't going his way. Yeah. And that his teammate we like console. consoled him and like yeah. talking to you about it right now. I just get like this. <laughs> and like, feel it. I'm like, it's the Aries. It's the Aries coming out. It's a fire sign. And then, you know what? And that's where I embrace my fire sign. <laughs> yes. Because in that moment, what a beautiful moment, a potentially beautiful moment. And you just cheapened it because you're too stuck in your yeah. juvenile closed off emotionally immature ways but dude i got i got faith in you go to a therapist comes yeah. back go to a therapist get some help. help yeah we want to so help you, you. be uncomfortable yeah but look, i was i was bad about that like i've caught myself perpetuating that so mm. i have to check myself still even yeah. with the yeah. degree we and, ourselves have to check ourselves yeah so, you should be <laughs> It's All like constantly. So, um, in the book that you were talking about, what was it? The, the, the places that scare you. Yeah, like the darkness, like facing that. What would you say you found when you go to those places? Um, for me, some of my 
well, I have a, I have a lot of like fear that's wrapped up in like death and loss, which really is just about abandonment. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like my dark places is um, like, I know, and this is going to sound really weird because I feel like I have to preface it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I, mean, I swear I'm not cocky. Um, <laughs> I am smart and I have the tools to manipulate people. If I wanted, I yeah. have the tools to tear someone to pieces if mm-hmm. I wanted and I have to recognize that and I joke about it. Um, but I need to recognize that in order to really like fully understand my power. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not do that. Like I'm not here to hurt people, mm-hmm. but I have the ability, have the ability to. to hurt people. Sometimes if- you indulge that, you know, I personally have that same feeling too, where I'm like, you know what? I, I can-, can use it. Right. And then, but, but that's. I don't. Yeah. And that's what she talks about. Because if you were to go, oh, that's bad. That's bad. I can't think about that. What kind of a bad person I am for thinking that mm-hmm. you're not truly like embracing you're the full spectrum of your humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I jokingly say like my, my boyfriend now will like, we talk about, and it was hard to hear because he's the same way. We're basically dating. Like, I'm like, God, you are me and I'm you. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah. Finally. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Bumble. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm not, I'm like a believer. Bumble. Bumble. Uh, Bumble. I thought Bumble was like just fake people on there. I guess no. probably. Yeah. Look, it's a numbers game. Like I get mm, no catches at all. I, I, you know what? It's a, he, I was his first Bumble date and I remember tell, when he told me that I went, well, uh, good luck finding a better one. <laughs> and I said it jokingly, but then I also was like, you know, serious. yeah. A little serious. God, I feel um, that energy so much. <laughs> Same. So I, but I, like, I remember telling him, like, I don't have to get in screaming fights. I don't have to, like, get aggressive because I could rip someone apart from the inside out and Mm -hmm. make them want to crawl in a hole. I would not do that, though. Mm -hmm. But that's the embracing the dark. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know some people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you. But we just need to admit, like, we need to admit that we have fantasies sometimes, like rage fantasies. We Mm -hmm. need to admit that there's, like, a darker hurt side of us. Sometimes when I think about it, it's like when I get catty or when I'm being like, just um, like, I know I'm not being the best version of myself. I'm like, okay, what age does this feel? Is this, <laughs> this is okay. This is like 14 year old high school girl who has her feelings hurt. This is, yeah. you know, seven year old me that got told no, mm-hmm. you know? So that's really yeah. interesting. Cause like sometimes when I feel a certain way, like, I like connected to that. I'm like, how do I feel right now? Oh, and I realized it's like, I'm not like present right now. Like mm-hmm. I'm not 21. There's a part of me that was like triggered or something. And I'm, that's like a part of me that's coming yeah. out. I always yeah. say I'm still emotionally like 18 and yeah. I'm still learning to grow. I think I have grown up a lot, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. it definitely was like going to those dark places and just like being present with that pain. Mm-hmm. I know Glennon Doyle, I think it was her. She had like the journey of the warrior of quote about that. And it was like, yeah. Something about sitting with your pain for like, if you could only sit with it for like a few seconds. Yeah. And then the next day you sit with it for more. Like that. Yeah. In Love Warrior. Warrior. Yeah. 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 When is this um, podcast released? Uh, In two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she'll have already been here. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it, and, and I think that's the important part. There's a really great um, YouTube video. It's a TED talk on emotional mastery mm-hmm. and it talks about being able to sit with unpleasant feelings and what you can learn from those feelings. Mm. We are taught to suppress those. We are taught to not. Ooh. 
yeah. deal with those. As parents, we often want to save our kids from feeling those things. Yeah. Um, and really there's a lot of growth and learning that can take place in those, in those places. So it's yeah. important to address them. I want to ask how you deal with anger. Cause I've been like, personally, I've been dealing with anger where it's like, I've never learned how to express it, but like, how do you personally deal with like, um, you know, I, I like how you said you have that power to kind of like destroy somebody, especially when you're angry with them. You're like, uh -huh. you hurt me and I want to hurt you back. Well, and one thing I want to, that where I witnessed that a lot is when I put boundaries up and I expect I'm going to put this boundary here uh -huh. and you are going to, um, respect you're going it. to respect it. <laughs> yeah. And that's not how it works. <laughs> boundaries. Um, if you think about it, boundaries are only irritate people who it's stopping their regular flow of things, right? Mm. It's changing the way they have to dance with you. So they will push back further. So when I get angry now, um, well, I do a lot of like physical stuff to just get energy out. Yeah. Um, I also, too. as an introvert, need a lot of time like to myself or to kind of recharge in those ways. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm a big believer in the physical stuff and, and physical ex expenditure of, um, of energy, um, gosh, the other thing I like to think about though, anger can be good because it means, and this is my guess for you, mm -hmm. you're having boundaries. Now you have new expectations for people. People are violating those things. And now you have enough self-worth to get angry about it as opposed to, okay, well, I guess it's just how it is. Like, I guess. Oh more. yeah. Oh, wow. It's like I'm a therapist, huh? <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm not trying to do yeah. I was like, I got free therapy today. Yeah. So but one, thing will, one thing I'll tell you, though, especially for men, because that's the okay. Yeah. Um, right? Actually, I'm very different from like men because like most of them are, they like punch walls. Uh -huh. Like I have friends, I'm like, calm down. Right. Well, I've learned that like, oh, I internalized this. Like I put it towards me. Okay. Like I use that physical and I kind of like. Talk, talk back to myself. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So you t you're mean to yourself. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, oh, that's how I express anger. Right. I was like, why am I never angry to people? I'm like, oh, you, that's did. Why. you did. So it's either energy you turn out or turn in. Yeah, turn in. But with the anger thing, though, what I would like to like bring up is that anger is a secondary emotion. If you think of it as an umbrella, anger is the emotion. What's it really about? Like, so when I'm angry, okay, mm. am I disrespected? Am I hurt? Am I disappointed? Am I, and I try and go like, what is this anger? Mm representing yeah. mm -hmm. so you hear that kids yeah <laughs> y'all need to learn it's that like a mask yeah like anger's a mask yeah stress ball that's why they do like stress balls another oh. great thing is like if you take a towel like because sometimes you're just angry and you know, <laughs> take a towel and like roll it mm, yeah <laughs> you, just, you know what i mean yeah, yeah, or yeah bite on something like i mean dentist might not like this but like chewing on ice or like you know eating crunchy foods like yeah, sometimes just anything to physically manifest it mm -hmm. yeah. which is like i've been exercising recently and you're like well, why do i feel better and i'm like oh Dude, it's because I i'm actually i was like this is amazing i'm gonna come every day see right this yeah. is what i like i i kind of hate at the same time because when people ask for advice right and they're like what should i do i'm I hate it when I say it, but it helps so much. I'm like, have you tried uh, meditating <laughs> or exercising? But I'm like, it sounds so bad because like they're not in the space to do that yet. But like for me, it helps. I hate how it works, but it's because we're taught that it should be harder oh, or there should okay. be some. Okay, I don't keep numbers, but I don't. <laughs> People pay good money to go to the doctor's office I work at, and most of the time, I break it down to like initially when I first meet somebody. How much sleep are you getting? Yeah. Uh, what kind of sleep? Mm -hmm. um, how much time are you spending ingesting garbage? And I'm not mm -hmm. just talking about food because food does have a direct effect on the way we feel. Yeah. Um, but also 
social media, yeah. television, news, mm-hmm. um, the music you're listening to, the people you're hanging out with emotionally, what are you consuming? Mm-hmm. And there, and then I'm asking them, okay, sleep, exercise, 30 minutes of exercise a day has incredible benefits for improving uh, dopamine levels, also for clearing out some of the just like waste that we have mm-hmm. it's like in our brain. And my doctor that I work for could explain it, but the only way to get rid of this, some of that stuff is like exercise. Yeah. It makes you feel better. Our bodies are made to move. Um, the food you're eating, sleep, like I said, and the stuff you're doing to put gas back in the tank in terms of energy. Yeah. Meditation, if we taught meditation to kids across the board, there there could be a good poss- probability that like violence levels would go down. <laughs> yeah. There was a school that put meditation in, into place over discipline, like over, um, like detention, uh, detention yeah. and levels of, of like rule breaking went down. Wow. So meditation, look, the people in, in Europe and I mean, in Asia that have been mm. doing it for thousands of years, maybe onto something. <laughs> yeah. They've been doing it for years. Yeah. I'm I volunteered like, at an elementary here and they have them meditate. Yeah. Which is cool. That's dope. So there's a free they app have, and I'm, yeah. this is what I, this is my life. I'm like, do this, do this. Do this. <laughs> Headspace is a great oh, app. I actually have that. <laughs> Three minutes. Don't tell me you yeah, can't three spare three minutes. And it takes yeah. you through a guided meditation. You don't have to sit in a yoga yeah. pose. Mm-hmm. You're literal and, and you're just learning how to bring it back in and it will lower stress levels. Yep. It will lower cortisol levels. Yeah, it will. But, but even if when we tell them all these benefits, sometimes people are still like, I don't want to do that. You have to reach like your breaking point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a yeah. choice that you make. And then once you realize, like, oh, that's... you're like, I'll try anything. Literally, I was like, <laughs> a year and a half ago, I was like, I give up. Right. I will surrender, and I will I'll try everything anything. that yeah. everybody. Yeah. Like when you talk about like being mindful of the things that you eat or you ingest, like that's what I had to realize. Like my, it was like my mind was like completely open, and I realized I can't watch this television anymore. Yeah, like I just can't physically watch it and like mm-hmm. take it in because it makes me feel a certain way. Yeah, and yeah. I can't listen to this type of music. Yeah, and I can't be around these kinds of people. And I need to sleep, and I need to do. Oh yeah, like, I prioritize sleep so much now. Yeah. I love sleep. I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I sleep like five or six hours. Really? Oh. But well, I still. That was the I first thing too. I fixed, like. In the midst Sleeping. of everything, yeah. Like I made sure that I would get like eight or ten hours yeah. of sleep every day. I had like a routine. Like I would like remember Ooh. like no matter what happens today, like I will take a bath. I will put mm. salt in it. I will let go whatever it is. <laughs> then I will journal and I'll drink tea. And by the time I was journaling, like I was like knocked out. What's your favorite coping me- or coping mechanism slash skills? So it, I want to go back real quick to mm, yeah. when you talked about having. We, I don't. I don't even know if we we're recording, but you're talking about a routine when you start the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Routines are important. We are creatures of habit. Yeah. What's important is that you have a routine that sets you up for success. And I don't mm-hmm. just mean financial success. I mean success in life. Yeah. Um. So my favorite coping skill is I have I have routines. Mm-hmm. I um get up in the morning. I take my, my vitamins and my supplements. I have coffee. I take my shower. I get ready for work. I go to the station. I need some quiet time before like my co-host knows he doesn't come in until seven. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Like just let me kind of ease into things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do need to make sleep a priority. It's something that like I know, but life. Yeah. Life <laughs> is just... um, and I can't complain about that. And so I don't complain. One thing I did was I stopped drinking energy drinks and soda. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. To try and like, yeah, at least I get sound sleep now when I sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my, my coping skills though. Exercise is a huge thing for me. I've dealt with eating disorders in the past and I grew up like a kid that had, um, like I didn't have a real strong sense of myself physically. Mm-hmm. I still feel awkward and weird. 
Um, like I just got done with my ninth Spartan of the year and I'm like, I don't know if I should be wearing a Spartan t-shirt. Like I earned the damn Spartan t-shirt. <laughs> I can say I'm a Spartan. Yeah. I was nervous about my boyfriend being there to support me. Um, huh. like, Oh, what if, what if I don't really know? Like, do I look stupid? You know? So I'm constantly battling that. But, um, like self care though, for me is just good people, good choices in what I'm doing with my day. And then the balance I'm just kind of neurotic. I like doing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Radio on one hand, therapy on the other. It creates balance. Yeah. So that's a very unique I know. Like, mix. <laughs> it doesn't work for everybody, no. but it's, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be sad the day it ends. It'll end. And yeah. then I'll figure out something else. Mm. Oh, yeah. So what was the process of you like coming home to your body? Because like for me, that's oh, what, that is yeah, deep. <laughs> for me, that's been a journey. I feel like I'm finally back in my body because I dealt with like sexual abuse from a very young age. And I didn't realize like how far away I was from myself. Like uh -huh. I didn't realize like this past two years, all the pain that I was feeling was because I was finally like feeling what my body felt. Yeah. Like finally like making a home of it, which was weird for me. But I feel like it's a really long. Well, for me, it's a it's been a journey. Yeah. It, and it's never going to end because mm -hmm. um, for me, it's been a lot of things. I um, I lost a lot of weight once I moved out. Um, that triggered an eating disorder cause I, I lost it in a healthy way, mm -hmm. but I couldn't maintain it. Um, and then that when it like, that's when I kind of had to get into therapy and everything. And then mm -hmm. when I had my, I was pregnant with my first child, when I got pregnant, I was like, I can't be doing this anymore. And then I found out it was a girl. I was like devastated in that. Not that I didn't want girls, mm -hmm. but in that I was like, I cannot pass on my shit to my child. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm very cognizant of that. Um, and it's just been a process that I, I would overexercise too much and then that's what got bad. And so now what's been really kind of key is that I focus on, um, being strong. Mm -hmm. Um, my, my kind of measurement is that as my kids get bigger, I can still carry them. They're eight and 10 and whatever that looks like. I want to be that parent that tires them out and they don't tire me out. <laughs> um, and just being like appreciative. My mom died January will be um, two years ago, and she died of health issues that could have been prevented had she cared enough about herself to, to, to address those things. So um, in terms of coming home to my body, I have – there's like been a disconnect too, and if I – I mean, not to make you guys uncomfortable, but no. uh, either I would be like emotionally naked with somebody or physically naked with somebody. I couldn't combine the two. Mm -hmm. So through this process of like divorce and meet, dating and meeting people, like I'm finally at a point now where I can um, like mix the two where I can be emotionally present and connected to somebody and also sexually fulfilled, mm -hmm. which is um, very new and very like scary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, he also likes to, like to cook and, and like, so I'm like, listen, you can't make me fat. Like, but, and I realized that sounds so terrible, but anyway, it's just been this struggle. My big goal thing, I was talking to him about it today is like, I haven't stood on a scale, um, in like four or five months, which is the mm -hmm. most in like the last 15, 16 years. Wow. So it's an ongoing process. Uh, having children was different. Appreciating what I can do physically has been different. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and it helps that like, like I know he's totally into me. <laughs> how could like she? How could he not? Right? Like, but no. But like, I I would put myself in situations where people would like, and everybody. And here goes back to the public thing. Mm -hmm. You can be a normal person. People don't comment. I had people back when I was super skinny, 
saying that I, you know, look like I was doing drugs. I had other people that, you know, people feel like they can comment on my body very regularly, mm-hmm. very regularly. Sometimes it's positive. I posted up a photo and like, I'm, I'm thick, like, but I'm also fit. I can chase you. Can, good luck keeping up with me up the side <laughs> of the mountain. And I, um, but I'll post a photo up and I feel like it's empowering sometimes. Like sometimes people will be like, Oh, like, you know, like, especially for women, right. If we're, we're taught one standard of beauty, mm-hmm. um, and that sometimes having like thick thighs, uh, it isn't like attractive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I posted up a photo and I felt really good about it. And I had like some really, I was like, it was affirming, right? Like, okay, I don't have to be like a size four. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And mm-hmm. I get self-conscious like with things. Um, but then I'll get like, there's like those comments that are like really empowering. And mm-hmm. then there's like comments where I'm like, you know, I'm more than like just a piece of meat, right? Like mm-hmm. that's disrespectful in the way you're saying it. And then I went, well, you are posting those photos of, of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're opening yourself up to this. And these are the comments. This is the, the struggle. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not, but that's yeah. how I've been conditioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't show my chest um, very often. Anytime I post anything with even a minuscule amount of, of cleavage, I will get a bunch of comments and that's just something that like I have to struggle with. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. you're like sitting here going like, Hmm, that's my reality. Like, yeah. That's my reality. Um, I mean, that's uh, that mention say that that's what I'm saying. I'm like, well, you shouldn't just don't say that. please. Right. But, but it's an opportunity for me to have the conversation. Yeah. I mean, I got called out on it the other day by somebody and I think I'm pretty on top of it. Mm-hmm. I said something about my daughter. My daughter's 10. She's, a beautiful little girl, but she's like beautiful on the inside, which is more important to me than the outside. But she's, I'm like, I need you to have an awkward phase where you are not cute. Cause I need you to make sure to focus on important things. Um, yeah. Like developing a personality and care. And she's just a great kid. I have two kids. My son's great too. Um, but I said something about like, I don't let her wear short shorts mm-hmm. and she's got long old legs. And somebody said, you know, you should um, not, because I, I wrote about the the sexual harassment piece, right? Like, and and the way we are assaulted and people don't realize. Mm-hmm. And um, it's at, oh, by the way, at my blog, shutupskippy.com. dot mm-hmm. <laughs> um, What a name, right? And I wrote a I wrote a piece on this, um, and I said that you know, like, I don't let her wear short shorts. And then somebody's like, well, you know, you should teach men not to look at girls as a commodity. Yeah. And I'm like, I understand, and that's a um. And that's an ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. But the reality is she lives in a world where I have to teach her yeah. that she is now. And this makes me sick because she's 10 and she's yeah. my baby. She is at getting at an age where she has long hair. You look at her from behind. She's tall. Maybe you don't realize it. And like, I'm getting angry thinking about it. And this is the mindfulness piece, right? Like always being aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to. Like I need to protect her. Yeah. She I mean, it's tough wear... to be a parent. Like yeah. you have to do what you think it's Yeah. Right. She can't be wearing short. I'm not going to let her wear short shorts with mm-hmm. her 10 year old butt hanging out. Like, <laughs> and maybe I wish that there, if she lived in a place where that wouldn't be a thing, where mm-hmm. that wouldn't be a conversation about what girls are wearing. And I'm not trying to perpetuate it, but that is our reality right now. And we got to take baby steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. What does your tattoo say, by the way? Oh, right so I have a few, um, 
this is what happens when your dad says, don't draw on yourselves when you're kids. <laughs> um, so I have the lyrics to a Led Zeppelin song on this arm. It's thank you. I have a, the lyrics to like one line from a Mumford and Sons song here that says, plant your hope with good seeds. Don't cover yourself with thistle and weeds, mm. which I think is great. Um, but this tattoo actually on my wrist is, um, it's a, it's a, a Nordic tattoo that I got when I was in Iceland because I booked my trip. I always wanted to travel with someone to Iceland and I was like, Oh, maybe it'll be my second husband. <laughs> it wasn't, it was like maybe a friend. Well, I was like, I'm just going to go by myself. And I booked it on my son's uh, seventh birthday and my mom died the day after. And then I had already booked the trip and I was like, Oh my God, can I still go? Cause of the funeral and stuff. Yeah. And I went by myself and I've never even gone to the coast by myself. And I went to Iceland by myself. And while I was there, I got, I wanted to get a tattoo in honor of my mom. Um, but I didn't want to do a mom tattoo. I have a complicated like a relationship mom, like with her the heart. or like a symbol. <laughs> oh, or something. Okay. So this tattoo place wasn't even supposed to be open. It was open. Um, they had an opening and it's, um, it represents timelines and mm -hmm. that all timelines are intertwined. So past affects present and present affects oh, future. That's so dope. that's a tattoo on my wrist. What about the bottom one? Um, this one says in the, in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. And it's a, oh, wow. I'm going to mess up. It's, it's spelled C-A-M-U-S, Alfred um, oh. Cam. Camus? Camus? Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I'm not French. Albert so. Camus, yeah. yeah. I love that philosopher. Yeah, and it's this really, um, it's this really great thing, and I got that at a bad, that was after my second divorce. I like mm -hmm. tattoos. I have them covered yeah, in them. I want a tattoo now. Right? I guess I'll go get matching ones. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, um, but I just, it was at a really, like, just shitty point in my life, but also beautiful, because when it all fell down, I could build it up. And yeah. I knew the important things. Dude, that's like the best. Yeah. Well, we tear it down and then Yeah. And I'm also a Game of up. Thrones fan, Ooh. so it's a whole winter and summer oh. thing. I can't wait so, for the next season. I know. I know. Yeah. I can't wait. So what do you think makes you feel like the most present? Um, the most present. I can tell I just work on mind you talked about meditation and mindfulness. I work on it all yeah. the time. Doing the Fall Spartan race. Breath. Yeah, doing the Spartan race, though. Like, looking around, looking at my surroundings. Um, I'm really into physical, like, touch, sensation, smells, that kind of stuff. Um, I just try and take moments throughout the day to just be like, where am I at? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know? So just being present in my body, right? Mm -hmm. What does my body mm -hmm. feel like? I'm constantly commenting on it. Like, mm -hmm. so, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, just taking a few minutes to catch a breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love following my breath. Like that's what I'm learning right now. It's like mm -hmm. I just breathe in. You, breathe out. you remember it. you're alive. Yeah, like, you're alive. You're like it's a miracle. There was a real um pivotal moment for me in terms of coming home to my body mm -hmm. where I was just like, whoa, mind blown. This <laughs> is why I've cover I follow a lot of really positive Instagram um accounts and stuff. Mm -hmm. It says your body is literally fighting for you to be alive every day. Yeah. Is, I think I saw that post. Yeah. It's yeah. it, you know, your heart, your lungs, fighting things you don't even see. Yeah. Um, healing wounds you may not even realize, healing ones you do realize. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's time to start loving your body back. And I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. It it's does so it's over moment. It does so much for you. Yeah. You don't even right. realize. I'm Yesterday, like, like I had like a bad dream, right? And I woke up and I was like kinda all over the place. And then I went to the gym, but then after I took a bath and then I literally just like went through my body and I gave myself a massage and I was just like, this is the most beautiful leg I've ever seen. Or <laughs> no, seriously. It's I, true. Cause I was like, I love this and I love that. And it's like, a, just like retraining yourself. Yeah. 
and, and the truth of it. And our brains are um, programmed, right? Like you can literally retrain your brain. A lot of us are trained mm. for negativity. Yeah. Uh, and so you have to combat that with positivity and yeah. it feels really fake and yeah. foreign and forced sometimes, mm-hmm. but you were, you will literally change the neuro, the neural pathways in your brain. Yeah. Mm. So it's pretty amazing. And, and, and it's hard. Like that's like, you're trying to undo years of yeah. like programming to your brain that yeah. are harmful and like give yourself a pat on the back for even trying to un- undo, uh, yeah. undo them. And one thing I wanted to mention on that in terms of like um, energy you put out and stuff like that. And look, like I know some people like my dad would call me a hippie or blame us on my mom. <laughs> um, what you exude about yourself and the behaviors you allow others to treat you are reflective of what you will get. So if you're somebody who nitpicks your body or your job or mm. whatever, right, then you will find yourself surrounded by people that reinforce that behavior. Yeah. So you have to like, like, it doesn't surprise me now that like I'm more supportive and understanding and loving of my body that I am now in a position where somebody is giving me back that energy. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we, you, you do attract what you put out there. Yeah. What has been pivotal for me is like, sometimes I go, okay, Francis, you're getting what you asked for. <laughs> and sometimes our self-sabotaging old behaviors come in mm-hmm. and tell us we're not good enough. Yeah. Or you just kind of throw it all away. I'm like, well, right. I don't want that. Like, I'm not ready for this. Yeah. Or it's yeah. like uncomfortable. That's oh, what I've been Love learning. was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Feeling. Love or this, any sort. This summer made me realize like, oh, like, that's what I was afraid of this whole time. Yeah. But it's just because my perception of love when I was young <laughs> right. fucked that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like unlearning oh. all that. And like learning what love truly is. Right. I think yeah. we, I and that th- vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. I think we both had moments where we were like, this Freaked pod, out. no, this pod was succeeding. And we we're like, I was like, oh, we're going to fuck this up. We're going to end it prematurely because we yeah, hate it. Before, oh, don't don't get me wrong. I've been very cognizant of like, am I even going to, do I even mention the partner right now? Do I even, like, what if, what if I tell them that like, this is the first time I felt emotionally and personally yeah, yeah, satisfied yeah. and then we're gonna break up tomorrow like oh. i don't want to jinx it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 but it's, yeah well, but you, you gotta feel um, it you what have you that. found every time that you've allowed yourself to be vulnerable it'll be the last one i think it should be um now in the place that i'm at that it has absolutely been worth it mm. the 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 discomfort is so worth what's waiting on the other side like absolutely the risk is worth the payoff and if it's not, at least I tried. Brene mm-hmm. Brown talks about that yeah. a lot. Like you fall face down, you can get back up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then lastly, like when you wake up every morning, like what drives you? Um, Maybe some of that routine <laughs> <laughs> and just, four alarms that go off yeah. at 4, 15 in yeah. the morning. Four, four, four o'clock. Um, I just, I know that like I live a very fulfilling life. It is sometimes crazy and wild. And some days like I have these emotional roller coasters where I'm just all over the place. Um, but like I live a beautiful life and I know I've worked really hard for it. Like I didn't have anything handed to me. Maybe in some cases I was in a better position than others, um, to receive some of that. And I think that goes back to really understanding your privilege and where we live in, in a great country that allows us to have things that some people don't. Um, but like what drives me is that like, I have amazing people. I have like a great, great circle of support right now. And I, I feel invincible. Like I'm 35 and I am just getting started. That's mm-hmm. scary though, because I have to like actually do things. It's <laughs> <laughs> so. never too late, you know? Yeah. No, not at all. But yeah, I think, I think that's it for this pod. 
I know uh, we, went, we talked a lot. Yeah, this was, was comfortable. I like. It. <laughs> uh, do you have anything to plug? Um, yes. So if you listen, if you're into radio, I do um, alternative radio. It's based out of Fresno at um, 104.1. It's called the the call letters are KFRR. Um, so that's out of Fresno, and you can listen online New Rock uh, 104.1 FM. Uh, we also have a free app if you just Google us and or I mean look it up in your app store. Um, and then we have I have my website. Uh, shutupskippy.com, which I'm always looking for guest bloggers. So hint, hint, that's how you guys can pay me back. (laughs) Write write me a blog. Um, I try and do one a week and they're just topics like that. I don't, they just kind of come freely because I've been trying to express more of myself through writing, which I used to love to do. Mm -hmm. And um, so shutupskippy.com. And then uh, we do have um, we do have the hilarious humanitarians podcast yep. uh, with my partner Deanna Silverman, and there is a um, catalog of forty nine episodes yep. that are there, um, which I think are super useful. I had a moment. This was a cool moment. I had a listener who used to live in Fresno who lives down south, and she goes, uh, "She's like my therapist recommended your podcast." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, this is my world coming together." So, uh, and the reason why I started the podcast is I was here at Fresno City. I saw Doctor Drew. Oh. who uh, was on our radio station forever. And I met him and it was like my two worlds colliding and I super like him. And mm-hmm. he goes, start a podcast. And that's why it finally kind of kicked things into gear. So, mm-hmm. and I'm working on some other stuff that I'm going to try and get off the ground. So my my suggestion is shutupskippy.com. You can find me on Instagram. That's a great way. Uh, and Snapchat, it's shutupskippy. And um, yeah, Facebook and all that stuff. So. All right. Do you have anything to plug? I'll do yeah. our plug after this. I, yeah. I expect blogs from you guys. Any oh, yeah, words definitely. that you have. Yeah. We're all just trying to figure it out. Like I didn't have any idea what I was walking into earlier and, and you guys said you felt like nervous yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Now yeah. I feel very That's comfortable. That's why it's just us with green. <laughs> no, just we're, like, uh. we're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Okay. Uh, well, I'll try to do my plug. Uh, what are we What are we plugging? Oh yeah, if you want to support the pod, you can go on Anchor.fm slash Boys Do Cry slash support. Uh, we appreciate any amount of donations. Oh, I want to thank all of our uh, current supporters: uh, Duncan, Airy, uh, Janet. Wait, let me get the actual list. My mom, my uncle, <laughs> Paulina's mom and uncle. Yeah, I just asked them. I was like, "Do you guys want to donate money?" They're like, yeah, you know, like if you just ask. Right. And sometimes it's the power of just asking. And I think, too, like people want to see people succeed. Mm -hmm. And by the way, like that's I guess one thing I want to say that like if if your circle isn't pushing for your success, holding you accountable and cheering for you when you are um, successful and helping you when you're not, Mm -hmm. then you need a new circle. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means cutting out people that have been around for a long time, including family. Mm-hmm. It means looking for new people that have your best interests in mind. Loyalty is not distinguished by time. Sometimes you, you can meet somebody today who has better intentions for you than someone you've known your whole life. Mm-hmm. And so to just be kind of present and, and aware of that. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Here's the actual list of our <laughs> supporters. Thank you to Duncan Airy, Janet Corzalara, Connor Medina, Maria Angelica Ruiz Maciel, Adriana Rodriguez, <laughs> Well, it's still like my uncle. And my mom. Okay, but <laughs> thank you to them. The thank you That's for them. Awesome. And so, if you want to support the pod, go to Anchor.fm/slash Boys Do Cry/slash Support. Well, we appreciate it. And yeah, you could follow us. Your Instagram? What's your Instagram? 
Uh, el nopal verde. Yeah. So E L N O P A L V E R D. Totally looking this yeah. up right now. And, <laughs> and no my Instagram is at oversharing. <laughs> it changes all the time, but right now it's O V E R. It's oversharing without the G because that was taken. Uh, that's <laughs> my. He had your same idea. Yeah, and I don't know what he's doing, but he's not oversharing enough. But. <laughs> But yeah, that's my Instagram. You find us on Twitter. Actually, on Twitter, I'm hypomanic local. That's different. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should H-Y-P-O. change that. H Y P O. Because I'm okay. My Twitter persona is different from my Instagram persona. Okay. So I'm not very good on Twitter. Yeah, me. Oh, Twitter, I'm on Twitter I, too, but I just don't. On, on Twitter, I just kind of like rant or talk about whatever. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you. Skippy Francis, whatever. I know, right? <laughs> like, whatever. what do we call you? Francis? Yeah, Francis? thank you for like, hey, you yeah. for doing this and like agreeing. Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah. like. This is our. I think this might be our longest episode because <laughs> I talk a lot. No, but like it's awesome. Like I, think- I actually got dressed for you guys. There was, <laughs> there was a moment where I was like, I don't want to get off the couch. <laughs> well, thank you for getting off the couch. <laughs> Come see us. But yeah, uh, we'll see you on the next episode of Boys. Uh, bye. Love you. Bye. Like why am I alive? What's the purpose of life?